what is going on everybody welcome back to another episode of first gear i know this is really short in between episodes but the daytona 500 just happened and we recorded you know three or four days ago got it got it shipped out we wanted to get that episode live so everybody could you know know that we're back and now we're covering this week's action and much much more on this episode of first gear so as you guys know my name is eric i'm here with tanner what's going on man hey man we're back again yeah twice in one week this is awesome i love it it's really weird having to like intro ourselves again to each other because we usually talk for a good 10 to 15 minutes before we go back and record so it's always like all right i gotta get excited again so let's go (laughs) (laughs) yeah but the excitement's there man it's like we said in the one the other day it's it feels like it's been an eternity since we've done this but Racing season started, and now we got a whole lot to talk about and can have more content to roll with, so. Oh, yeah. Pumped. Get back on the socials, <laughs> get everything fired and rolling again, and we'll be good to go. So we appreciate everybody again, you know, waiting on us to, you know, finally do something and put episodes out. So there was a lot of people just in the past 24 hours since I released that that, listen to the episode and that's very humbling and awesome to see numbers shot back up and dude it was cool yeah and the cool thing is is right about the time that we started having issues i really wanted to figure out the root cause of that problem we were having (laughs) is when our numbers were doing really well and Mm -hmm. we were like consistently in the top 100 there for a while yep and now that we have good audio finally i'm really (laughs) really excited to see what we can do with it from here because i know if we could reach the top 100 with mediocre quality at best yeah i feel like we can go much higher than that so 100 percent, perfect way to put that it was mediocre at best and it drove both of us insane i would actually just try not to listen to the majority of the show because I could see that little, like, whenever I go would go back and edit, I could see that little skew happen in the audio. Mm-hmm. And I'd be like, all right, I got you. And then write it down, and then try to go back and find it, and you, you would never find them all because there were so many of them. Because for whatever reason, that mic and that system would just echo. And I could never figure out, like, the right way to go about it. I've watched countless hours of YouTube videos with editing and trying to figure it out. And I am not an audio editing expert by any means. I am a YouTube master audio expert (laughs) (laughs) kind of like a youtube master mechanic you're great until the videos run out (laughs) hey man we all do it (laughs) we all do it man but it's what it's there for i guess it does come in handy yeah youtube is great for everything until it's out of content and then you're like crap (laughs) Yeah, and then you really got to start figuring out what to do. <laughs> well, then you got to use your brain, and it's like, nope, I'll just throw it away. Like, screw it. We'll just do something. <laughs> Pretty much. So, man, there's a lot that Excuse me. happened this past weekend. We had four races at Daytona. We had, man, we covered the Clash last episode. We had four races at Daytona this past weekend. And there was just a lot of stuff that went on during the ARCA truck Xfinity Cup race. And 
between all four races, I man, the quality of racing is just it's kind of iffy right now. If you ask me, with the plate racing, I mean, it's good at. Sorry, I just had a. I just got done running, so I apologize if I'm having trouble with putting words and sentences together. But, um, man, I thought that the Xfinity race, what I was getting to was I thought the Xfinity race was probably the best one. I just don't like ending under caution because I don't really, I don't want to run 20 laps or do 20, you know, green, white checkers or whatever, <clears throat> but man, ending under caution is just not cool. I don't know. I would rather see them either race back to the, race back to line or, you know, do a couple and then, you know, it is what it is at that point. Yeah. And I mean, I'm kind of torn on how I feel about ending under a yellow too. Cause like Kyle Busch said in the cup race, like he's like, if this was 1998, that would have been the Daytona 500. Yeah. <clears throat> well, back in the day, they also used to race to the, the biggest difference is back in the day, they used to race to the line whenever they would get a yellow flag. Right. And at restrictor plate tracks, I think that would still work because it's a two and a half mile super speedway. Like, you're not going to come back and circle the whole way around into an accident like what you would do at probably Bristol or, you know, Martinsville or Short Track or Dover or something <laughs> like that. It's two, two totally different animals. So my fix for that would be just to bring back racing to the yellow. And then it is what it is at that point. If you hold them off for the win good job you just won the daytona 500 if not then see you next year <laughs> yeah i i agree and like racing to the yellow on a super speedway like that i mean if there's a wreck behind you and the top 10 gets away scratch free yeah I mean, let them let them run it out it'd be different if they uh if they wadded it up and like turn one or something because i mean that would obviously come up a lot closer but if they're wrecking in turn three or four yeah just let them go yeah, I, can, I mean, but, whenever Dale won, they were wrecking on the backstretch, if I remember right. It was uh, Kyle Petty and somebody else's wrecking on the backstretch, and they let them, excuse me, they let them race back to the yellow, and Dale won. Yeah. Well, speaking of wrecking, that last wreck, dude, that hit that Larson took into turn four, that was nasty. Well, there's two of them that did that. It was hit, I can't remember who the other car was, but there was like... There was a car just ahead of him that also hit the wall head on. It was either the wreck before or that wreck that hit the backstretch wall head on. And I was like, Ugh, man, I don't want to see that. That's not, I don't know. That one, they must not have had a good, good enough angle of the one on the backstretch that you're talking about, but it was mm -hmm. like the perfect angle of the camera for Larson's. And I mean, as soon as Pastrana's left front hit, the right rear, I mean, instantly just snapped him straight up headfirst in the wall, and man, that was a hit. Oh, yeah. Thankfully, it was not on the banking, because that's usually a more severe impact whenever they come down, well, like the 2001 wreck that we all don't <clears throat> like talking about. Whenever you swing down and then come back up into the fence like that, you're carrying a crap ton of momentum. And Yeah, and at least he was in the middle. Yeah. At least it was on the, at least it was off the banking was the biggest thing for me because it's not, it's, it, don't get me wrong. It's still a super high level impact, but it's not as bad as if he was coming through the banking and then shot up the banking into the wall head on. That would be a, that, that would, in this car, that would have been terrible. Who knows what oh, would have happened. 
Yeah, that was a nasty lick. Man. But hey, Travis Pastrana, man, he had a. If they wouldn't have wrecked, like he very well could have had a, like a top six finish there. That's nuts. Yeah, he was driving pretty good. He's not a bad race car driver by any means, and he's got experience in not a cup car, but he. I think he's <clears> raced <throat> Xfinity before, so yeah. I mean, he he knows what he's doing for the most part. I just think it's crazy that his team. For whatever reason, since they didn't have practice before the qualifying rounds, he had to practice getting off pit road in a parking lot, which I thought was I freaking heard, nuts. <clears throat> I heard that. That's crazy. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I, I wish that they would go back. And this is throwing back to last week's, you know, spiel that I or tan, tangent that I got on is just do what you used to do, man, because everybody loved speed weeks. Everybody loved that mm-hmm. entire build up, lead up and everything. And they had plenty of laps to get the cars right for any facet of racing that they were doing qualifying the duels the shootout all of it he would have had plenty of time to you know get that figured out if they would do stuff if they would have done stuff the old way but since there's no practice beforehand it's like all right just figure it out here you go yeah and on the on the door bumper clear episode they were they had a pretty good discussion about whether they should have had the practice before qualifying or after qualifying and what their arguments. I mean, I definitely could see both ways. Mm -hmm. I, I would have at least liked to, like they were saying, I think at least, at least like 20 minutes or a half hour before qualifying to at least get out and get a good feel for your car and make sure you guys have everything set. Like, obviously they, they're the cup series like everything is supposed to be they're supposed to be top notch you shouldn't have to worry about it those cars theoretically should be able to just go out and qualify and not have an issue yeah but i i can see it both ways like they were talking about having the rookies not having experience there i could see that point of it and then Mm -hmm. i could see the point that if you're going to run in the cup series and you think you're going to run the daytona 500 you've should be more than ready. Oh, 100%. So I could yeah. definitely see, I could see both ways on that argument. But personally, I think what's a 20 minute practice going to hurt anybody? Go out and make one lap. Yeah. Then you at least know that your car is set and ready to go. Like Connor Daly, for example, when he pulled out on, <clears throat> pull out a pit road and that thing was bouncing. Like they could have found that right away if they would have done a practice. Oh, 100%. That was terrible. It looked like it was on a pogo stick or something. It was just bad. It was just it was just hopping. The back end was just a hippity hop. Yeah, and, you know, that conversation they were having about, like, since this is the Cup Series and, like, if you're going to be there, you should be more than ready. Mm-hmm. That car, it seems like every time that car comes out, like, it is, it's not even close. No, and... That could just be the team more than anything else. And I'm not saying that it's a, you know, a bad team or they don't know what they're doing or anything like that. They probably just swung too far to one side and they found out that it just bounced around and didn't handle very good. And, you know, he, I don't know how he ran in the race per se, because I wasn't really following his car that much. I don't think he, I don't think he did bad as long as he didn't wreck out, you know, early. I don't think he did that bad. Yeah, I'm not sure. That and, and he had a really off the wall thing happen too, wasn't yeah. it? Like a 
it was like a heating element in the oil line. Yeah, exploded something weird. Or something. It's something super something, weird, but something that never happens that decided to happen then. Right. It's something that never nobody ever has that happen <clears throat> to them and then all of a sudden that team when they go out on the track it's just one weird thing after the other. <laughs> yeah. But like I said, man, that that is something that could have been found in a quick 20 minute practice. And that's do what I, I think, think the... Do I think NASCAR needs to go back to like the 6 hour practices that they used to have? No. No, probably not. Absolutely not. Well, the thing, the thing about it is too with um, the twenty-minute practice session beforehand, it would give teams a chance to practice getting off pit road. Because yeah, with this car, it's very, very important as to how you get off pit road, how fast you're getting off pit road, so that you can build more speed, more momentum, and have a turn a better lap. Because it's all on our circuit plate tracks; they're running wide open throttle, and all they're doing is holding it wide open on the yellow line or the white line and hoping for the best. And that's that's literally all they can do. With mm-hmm. this car, since it's so friggin' slow, in my opinion, mm-hmm. in the draft and just by itself anyways, uh, that, that plays a significant role. Because they said that they were running some lap times that were like just as quick as Xfinity by themselves. I think, th- if I think not they slower. said Xfinity might have been faster. Yeah, which is... No, that should never happen. The The way that they should... The way that that should work just overall is with Arca you're at I'm just going to throw out numbers just for shits and giggles. So at Arca you have a limit of 550 horsepower, right? Cuz you're learning, you're new, mm-hmm. trying to figure out how to drive. You're not that experienced more than likely and you're fresh. Truck, you get a bump. You go 650 700 something like that. Xfinity, you get another bump. 750 800 cup just let them go. 950. Screw it. Just give them 950 horsepower and let the boys have at it. Because what then, were they in the early 2000s? It was pushing 900, wasn't it? Oh my gosh, dude. The Gen 4 cars were nasty. They were running 940, 950, somewhere around there. And <sighs> the Gen 6 car, before they neutered them, in my opinion, like in 2014, 2015, they were running some crazy fast lap times. They were running 920, 930 horse. And because those cars were so well trimmed out, they could run, they would run circles around this next gen car and that car. And to me, that's the whole point of racing. Like I watch it because I like speed. I don't want to see them, you know, all together mm-hmm. wadded up going into a corner just because they have to hang out, you know, because they're all so close together. I want to see this guy that's got, you know, like what, Roush Yates used to have the advantage of going down the straightaways because they had more horsepower than everybody else in the field. And then the Hendrick and the Gibbs cars were known more for handling. So they would kind of make up that difference through the corners and mm-hmm. everything. And it just made for some really cool racing. Yeah. I, the more we get into this next gen car, the more I start to really not care for it. I miss the teams having that creativity part of yeah. it. Yeah. Like, yeah, was it a little unfair because, like, Hendrick and Gibbs and Penske, they're absolute powerhouses? Yeah, but you're in the Cup Series, man. Yeah. Like, that is is the top of the line. It's always also been a pair. uh, It's also always been the series that parity ends up winning and playing a dominant role. 
because you've always mm-hmm. had the super teams all the way back to the Richard Petty days. You always had, you know, a handful of guys that could compete with that 43 car. And in the 80s, you always you only had a handful of people that com- could compete with Daryl and Dale. And in the 90s, it was Jeff and Mark Martin. And then in the, you know, to, up until like Jimmy Johnson, you know, just took over the world. It was, you know, Jeff and a couple other guys, Tony Stewart, and then it was Jimmy Johnson for five years mm-hmm. in a row. But well, and the other thing I like about the high horsepower is that brings the drivers out. Oh yeah, that's what Kevin Harvick's been saying for you know since this car was being talked about. He's like, I just want to drive the dang thing. It's got such, it's got such a good pedigree and such a good foundation for a high horsepower application too. You're talking a wide tire, low profile car that aerodynamically is amazing, and that thing will cut through the air like no other. You know you turn those things up to 950 horse or so you're gonna have some you're gonna have some exciting shit especially with how snappy they are and then they're super twitchy yeah tire fall off would become a huge thing especially with how easily the back end skates around and stuff it'd be like comparatively speaking if you're a car guy it'd be like if you had to drive around a viper acr for you know a couple hundred miles during a road race and try to keep the back end underneath you it's the same concept as the new next gen cars. They're just they're they're super tail happy. Yeah, but safety wise, they can't do it. No, they cannot. Honestly, the safety, the six hundred seventy horsepower, and the safety you know concern that they had probably helped save somebody's life last year. So at oh, one point yeah. or another, and uh, I don't speak. Speaking of safety, did you see the interview Larson did right out of the infield care center talking about he was wearing a mouth guard? I saw that. I saw a bunch of guys wearing them. Yeah, there's there's a bunch. I tried looking it up, but I couldn't really find any information on it. It must just kind of be a in-house testing that they're doing. Mm -hmm. But uh, it sounds like it's kind of like the mouthpiece that you see Mahomes wear. Yeah. It's very similar. They they got like sensors and stuff in it so they can collect the data. And there's, I saw Ryan Blaney made a comment about mouth guards last year. And he's like, if it comes to the point that we have to wear mouth guards, we're doing something wrong. Yeah. I, I would agree. Yeah. He's got a point. That's also wearing a mouthpiece. That's something I've actually considered for several years. Really. I I always, I never, I never knew of anyone doing it. But really, I've never been opposed to it. I just never done it. Because there's some wrecks, man, that they can they can be pretty nasty. Well, that and they just it's like I don't know. It's like it hit <clears throat> in football. It just you know shocks the crap out of your body and it protects your yeah. teeth. You know, I I mean they've never run them before and nobody's ever had issues to my knowledge. But. Mm-hmm. It's definitely a great way to get data on how your head is oscillating inside the car. Like after you get into a wreck and all sorts of other stuff, because you're going to clinch up real bad if your yeah. head's just bouncing around. So I don't know. And I, not... I did, a, I did a little bit of reading on it and there's obviously really no information besides the fact that NASCAR has done <laughs> testing. Yeah. But, uh, I just was looking up some different mouth guards and sports and stuff. And they're saying like the one that you would see quarterbacks wear, mm-hmm. excuse me, um, would be considered like a three millimeter. 
Okay. Three, three millimeter, uh, mouth guard. It's a lot thinner profile, but it still can like protect your teeth and help with impacts and stuff. But that allows your speech to still be good. Interesting. That's why they designed that for quarterbacks, I guess, is so they can keep it in and still talk and still be heard clearly. And after I heard Larson's interview, I was like, wow, because I'm a nerd and I like to listen to the radios (laughs) on the NASCAR app just just to try and learn more about it, like learn how different teams do different strategies and yeah, for sure. just kind of just learning the sport. Um, and when I listened to Kyle's radio, I would have never guessed he had a mouth guard in. No, those things are he, so... He, sound, he sounded completely normal. Like you said, they're so thin. I, whenever QBs are in the huddle and they got to call an <clears> audible or, you know, check or, you know, make an offensive line shift or whatever they're doing, it's the same concept. It's just like a driver talking to you on the radio, like, hey, this thing's loose in, tight in the center, loose off. You know, they got to call out the plays and what's happening with the car. Hey, I mm-hmm. need I need a round in the right rear, you know, whatever they whatever they need. But that's interesting. I had never seen them wear mouth guards, though. And Ricky Steinhaus uh-uh. was wearing one, too. Whenever was he it? got out of his car, he pulled it out. And I was like, what the? He's wearing a mouth guard? What the hell? And I saw really? it. How do you guess I didn't notice that? as they were doing more and more interviews. So I guess it's going to be a common thing. I don't blame them. Like if you're afraid that the, the impacts, especially in the rear are going to be an issue, then I would be wearing one too. So yeah. yeah um, Cause if I would have had one, when I had my rec, man, it's almost been two years now, been a year and a half already. Wow. <laughs> but uh, if I would have had one, then I probably wouldn't have bit through my tongue. Yeah. Yeah. And Price actually my my dentist when I was when I was a kid and still racing carts, like my dentist wanted me to start wearing one cuz they thought I was grinding my teeth too much and I'm like I never grind my teeth and then really? they're like, "Well, what sports do you play?" And I'm like, "Well, football and I wrestled a little bit when I was younger and baseball and stuff." And I'm like, "But I had mouth guard for football." Yeah. And then I told them about racing. They're like, well, you probably grind your teeth when you're racing. Well, never noticed it, but I think I was. You're not going I, to. <clears throat> yeah, I think I was. I mean, I don't, I've never noticed it ever since then, but I don't know. It's it's something, if it becomes a thing and like they're actually comfortable to wear instead of a big old football mouthpiece where you can't. Right even or, say words you're sitting there going sir, 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 sir. Yeah, right <laughs> nobody but like those about. but like those invisalign style ones i mean i wouldn't be opposed to it at all yeah absolutely and like larson said he wants to wear it in some of his dirt stuff so if a wreck does happen he wants to see what the data says on those yeah compare and contrast see what's going on it's not a bad idea at all i don't I, know that, that's a cool little innovation what did yeah, uh for sure get, getting into the race? What did you think about the the drafting, the quality of the drafting? I guess because it seemed like to me that they were having <clears> issues um, going three wide. They couldn't go three wide. If they did, it, just bad things happen when they went three wide. And or, if they did, the car one guy would get spit out of the draft, and he was going all the way backwards by himself. No one would jump in with him. Oh yeah, as that as DW would say, he got hung out to dry. Is what would happen. Well, uh, 
a good example of that was uh, Harvick there at the end. Well, yep. it was either halfway or more towards the end. I don't remember. But he was right up front, and it looked like there was going to be a couple guys going up with him. Nope, they spit him out, and he literally went all the way to the back. Oh, it was crazy. And then they just could it seemed like they couldn't pass. I've <clears> never <throat> seen, so, and I've watched for, I don't know, since the Gen, I don't know what Gen, the Gen 3 car? I guess that would have been the 90s. Not 100% sure. That'd either be Gen 3 or Gen 4, somewhere around there. But those cars, they could at least, you know, draft with each other. There's always pack mm-hmm. racing. They could pass one another pretty easily. It would take, you know, sometimes a lap or so to get momentum and go around, but you could at least, if you had a good enough car, you could at least easily, you know, get the draft and then slingshot around somebody or do whatever. It just seemed like yesterday, <clears throat> especially if they were running too wide in a train on both sides, mm-hmm. there was no there was no winning either way. No, I mean, they you kind of were just there. Yeah. But, you know, I no one really said anything in their interviews, but I wonder if some of that is still kind of like the Talladega race last year. Like they're still a little on edge of getting hurt. If there's a big one, that's a good possibility. Just being a little timid, like, cause you're afraid of what'll happen if you may or may not back into the wall. I mean, it's restrictor plate racing. It's Daytona. You don't know what in the hell is going to happen from one second to the next. Literally anything can happen (laughs) at one point or another in those races, just because, People could get antsy, try to pull out in line, hook somebody, go up into the wall, you know, whatever. It's just all kinds of crazy shit happens at restricted plate tracks. Yeah, it just, I don't know. This next-gen car, I don't remember where I heard it, but they said the the two styles of racing, or the two packages that NASCAR is known for, super speedways and short tracks, and this new car has pretty much shit the bed at both of them (laughs) pretty much (laughs) i was just gonna say it like it's just it has not produced good racing at the races that you would take somebody to to introduce them to the sport like because if i was going to take anybody just me personally this is just the way i think about it if i was going to take my buddy that really just you know wasn't into racing at all or whatever i'd be like nah man we're gonna go have a good time down in bristol you know Mm -hmm. go enjoy it or i'm gonna take you down to talladega or Hell, even if they did Atlanta a little bit better, or if the racing was a little bit better, Atlanta could be something cool. I don't know. I, I To me, that just needs to stay a mile and a half track, so that's kind of a different topic. But I don't know. You can't mess up your bread and butter because there's you know certain races every year that people look forward to watching, and it's always mm-hmm. the restrictor plate races and the short tracks. It's why everybody always asks for more Daytona and more Bristol, more Richmond, more Martinsville more short track stuff because it's exciting to watch. Yeah. I, I don't know, man. It's, it's hard to keep beating the horse on this one because everyone's frustrated with this car. It just, it's not just us. No, it's, it's everybody. It's just not producing what it should. Like everyone thought if NASCAR was getting boring with the gen six car racing was pretty damn good with that car now that you look back at it <laughs> yeah and i, would I mean also... it, it wasn't the greatest but it was better than what we got now the the gen 6 car trimmed out so high horsepower not the high i forget what it was the high downforce like 550 package or whatever the hell they tried doing to try to make it more exciting 
or whatever. Yeah. The the Gen six car trimmed out nine hundred plus horsepower with some of the best racing. And it was also some of the best entertainment, just in my opinion, just because I love seeing those guys hang it out. And and them things just scream. Oh yeah, you could just rip in that card. It was super exciting to watch every single race. That and the sound, man. Race cars have to have in my just to me, that car had the perfect sound. It was like the Gen 4 cars. If you ever go back and watch it, 2004, 05, 06, race at Atlanta, Texas, somewhere where they're like really up on up in the RPM band, that thing sounds amazing. It is a monster. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> if you watch uh, one of Jeff Gordon's, uh, it's a popular video. It's like a 2014 or 2015 qualifying video that he got the pole in. Mm-hmm. That car, he set a track record, and that car just sounds so freaking wicked compared to these things. These things, I don't, they just sound goofy to me. I'm not 100% sure what it's where was that, like. Where was that track record at? I don't remember. Texas. Texas? I'm pretty positive it was at Texas. But yeah, this car, it, it does have a very different sound. Like, it yeah. still it still sounds pretty good. But it definitely just does not sound as throaty and near as nasty as the old ones. Like it just doesn't have no no comparison. The roar of the old one at all. The the other one made me think this is only something we get in America. This is straight bald eagles, freedom, <clears throat> high horsepower, American V8s oh, yeah. just ripping around a track. Uh-huh. That's that's to me. I'm wearing a Patriot hat right now, actually. Too. That's what it reminded me of. Thank you, also, to my buddy out at Blessed Performance for hooking me up with this hat because I really like it. <laughs> so. But even uh, even when I went to the Martinsville Cutoff race two years ago, when Larson won the championship with that Gen Six car, when them things fired up, man, they still sounded pretty damn good. Oh yeah, I didn't care that I went deaf at any of those races. Just because I love the sound of the cars, it was awesome. Mm-hmm. As a kid, I remember going to a. We we tried to go to as many of the back when NASCAR would have the weekend package deals for families that were that were cheaper. Like you could, it was affordable mm-hmm. instead of kind of what they <clears throat> have been doing now. Um, you could go to the truck race, the ex, then it was the Bush Series race, and then the Cup race, and one weekend on a on a family package deal for you know two or three hundred dollars for everybody. And man, I just remember I would purposely leave as long as I could tolerate it, my headphones off to, and just listen to the cars ripping around the track. Cause it's freaking awesome. Oh yeah. Best sounds <laughs> in the world right there. And again, we're not, we want this car to win. Like this is not just a bitch session because we don't like what's going on right now. It's because we want it to be better and we want more people to fall in love with the sport because it's something that we both, greatly we both just love it and through racing is how a lot of really amazing friendships have been built for many 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 years Mm -hmm. and it that that passion and that deserves to live on forever right there because you'll never like it racing breaks all barriers like you don't it doesn't matter what you could be black green blue white orange gay straight i don't care what it is if you're a fan of racing and you go talk to somebody, and you guys have a lot in common, they don't give a shit, and it doesn't matter. It breaks all the barriers. Cars do the same thing. but That's a fact, man. It, 
it doesn't matter. I'm not going to ask you your preference in bed and then be like, oh, man, dude, that was a great race, but screw you. Like, not about that. No, I'm going to be like, dude, that was fucking awesome. You just went, dominated the field in your dirt in your modified race. Hell yeah. Let's be friends. Yeah. That, that's exactly what happens at racetracks all around the country. They don't give a shit what anybody's thing or whatever is. Pick it. Doesn't matter. It's irrelevant. We just see cars yeah. and horsepower. We don't care about anything else. Pretty much. And speaking of the horsepower and the sounds of those, that uh, when I, I want to say it was 2008, was that the first year they did that car tomorrow? Um, I think it was 2008 a, when we went. They did a partial schedule in 2007, I'm pretty sure. And then 08, they went full time with the COP okay. cars. So that would have been when I went to Bristol for the first time. Yeah. <clears throat> Man, excuse me. I'm struggling over here. <laughs> I can tell. Where's your water uh, at? <laughs> I need to get another one. <laughs> right. Uh, we went down there, and that's when they still let you uh, stand up next to the fence, like during practice and stuff, so you could literally be standing like six inches from the cars going by. It was awesome. Yeah. Getting pelted in the face by rubber coming off the cars. And tiny rocks. Yes, but uh, that was when I first knew that Hendrick engine department was the shit because I will never forget the sound. Like I would be watching all the cars out there. You would hear, you'd hear Junior go by, you hear Stuart go by, Casey Kane go by. I was a big Casey Kane fan. So you just hear all these cars go by. And I remember when we were watching qualifying, I can't remember what, how early or late Gordon was to go out for qualifying, mm-hmm. but hearing his car out there, dude, that thing sounded so much different than everything else. Yes. It was insane. Like that yes. thing just screamed. Yes. I mean, you listen to all the cars go by and they're ripping. And I just, Hearing Gordon's car go down the back stretch, like it just, I can still hear the sound. Like oh, it yeah. was just so much different and it just sounded so mean. Those things used to like, sing, man. That was, it was different. They were just, that was a different animal. There was a different cat under that hood. Those things were mean. Oh, yeah. Well, but like I said, that's when I knew that Hendrick had the engine program figured out. <laughs> Because them things were wicked. And so, kind of covering more of Daytona, getting back to the race, at least. I'm super pumped that Ricky Steinhouse Jr. wound up winning. I know that it wound up being the Daytona 230 or something because of all the extra laps (laughs) that they had to run. But that is so cool. Uh, Darty, the owner of the team, is such a cool dude. Like, he is a Hall of Fame basketball player that has just been mm-hmm. into racing forever. And he's got a couple wins with A.J. Allmendinger from back in the day. And mm-hmm. other than that, they haven't had the opportunity to win much. And I just love seeing guys like that get the checkered flag. The ones that deserve it, that have stuck around, that you know are clawing and fighting for every single position. And Ricky's good at restrictor plate races anyways. I think all of his wins are at restrictor plate tracks. So. Yeah, I think they are. I think he's got two wins now at Daytona. I think the other one was Talladega. So. Probably. But, but that's it, awesome. 
and being a dirt guy, man, that's a huge win for the dirt guys. Oh yeah. Like that's well, awesome. It's a huge win for him. It's a big boost for him too. I don't think he's won a race in give or I think take they six. said 199 starts, I think. That, yeah, that's a lot. <laughs> to get back to victory lane and, you know, get a W and, you know, that's a career saving thing too because Oh, you, for sure. You only get so long or so many chances with these sponsors, and he is not known for finishing races. So he is an expensive driver to have, just salary-wise. And then they call him Recky Steinhouse <clears throat> for a reason. Like, it's not because he finishes them all. It's because he either does, like gets like a top 15 or the car doesn't finish the race. So I just thought it was yeah. cool to see him win. No, that's cool. I mean, Ricky, he's been around a long time. and Yeah. Like you said, it's a career-saving deal, and now I doubt they have more than 16 winners, so like that just put him in the playoffs for this oh, year. 100%. So that, like Denny Hamlin said, that was probably like a $3 million win for that team, which is oh, crazy. Yeah. It's also a big boost for the sponsors, too, because now they're looking at you know getting the TV time because he is a playoff car now for the entire mm-hmm. duration of the season, the regular season. No matter how good or bad he does, he is a playoff car. And he will be yep. talked about. Doesn't matter. When they get to the playoffs, he'll at least get, you know, they get three races in the first round. So he'll at least get three races of airtime if, unless he makes it, you know, to the next round. I'm not saying he will or he won't because we don't know how the season's going to turn out. But right. that's just amazing for those guys. And it is a huge boost for that team, too. Which, yeah. And I, I liked what, uh, I liked what DBC said, too. Yeah. On their show, like, now he has to step up to the plate and show that like yeah. he is elevated as a driver. Like you just oh, won 100%. the biggest race that you can possibly win. Yeah. So now, now it's up to you to continue to perform. I mean, considering where they were at last <clears> year, <throat> I think if he gets top 20 without the win and regular season points, just gets top 20 in regular season points. Mm-hmm. that's a huge step forward because I don't, I think they got like 28th or 30th or something last year. It was not good yeah, no matter like what, because it seemed like he was at the bottom of the leaderboard or wrecked or, you know, whatever, every single week. And you just never saw that car on the track. So hopefully if, as long as they can keep their nose clean, you know, good pit stops, just finish races, just endure and finish. And that's it. Focus on getting better. I think that'll be a team that, you know, may make it to the round of eight in the playoffs, you know, somewhere up to that point. I they're, they're not going to win the championship, I don't think. But who knows? Again, we don't right. know what the season's going to bring. We didn't know that Daniel Suarez and Ross Chastain were going to be so good last year. So you never right. know what the hell is going to happen. Yeah, and I think a lot of people noticed it too. When Ricky first got out of the car and they did the front stretch interview, like that was the most like laid back nonchalant interview ever. I'm like, yes, I was, I literally made the comment. I was like, for a guy who hasn't won in 199 starts and you just won the biggest race of them all. Yeah. Like there was just nothing. I was like, what just happened? Unless oh. he was in such shock that he just won and like, couldn't show any emotion. I was like, just baffled by that. That's not an excuse. I would have lost my freaking mind. If, oh, same. <laughs> like, you just, you win the biggest race of the year. It's something that is so prestigious and hard to win that Dale Earnhardt only, has only won one time. Guys like Jimmy Johnson have only won it twice. Jeff Gordon, three times. 
there's very few guys that have ever won that race more than, you know, twice. And to be on that list is like, that's just big. Yeah. I just, I couldn't believe it. I was like, did you see the video of him going to Waffle House with yeah. the trophy? <laughs> yeah. Did you see the video he just posted tonight? No, I haven't uh, seen it yet. He tagged Larson in it, and they were photoshopping their faces on the Oh yeah, the Talladega Nights scene. <laughs> the one that you sent this, me. That... This, yeah, the slingshot engage. <laughs> oh, dude, that is so perfect. That's amazing. <laughs> I was cracking up in my. I was cracking up. I was I as soon as you sent me that I watched it and I was just <laughs> cracking up. Just because they overlaid the faces like they do in a lot of new videos now. They overlay the uh-huh. like when they do a Donald Trump thing or whatever. They overlaid the faces over uh Cal and Ricky. It was like slingshot, there's my buddy, slingshot, engage. Shake Go it around before you bake it. Go around. <laughs> Cal, I don't like oh, the way man. you're talking. <laughs> oh man, that was great. That's such a great movie. We watched <laughs> this is completely off topic. We watched Step Brothers for the first time in a long time the whole way through. Like I always catch it towards the end, like the Catalina wine mixer part. Yeah. And we we finally saw the fight scene in the front yard <laughs> where they're like two eleven year olds that just lost their shit and are beating each other with like a golf club and a baseball bat and the dad gets called from the hospital. And it's the mom screaming on the phone. You need to get home. Your kids are dead. I can't control them. We need help. And he casually just drops the phone and goes, I have to leave. There's a crazy fight going on in my front yard. And they just jets out. <laughs> when, he, when he gets there, there, it is the best scene ever. They they have their shirts off, beating the shit out of each other with that stuff. Because they're sleepwalking, aren't they? No. Is this that is, the sleepwalking one? No, or that's The fight better. scene at the end. That this is at the beginning of the movie, towards the beginning of the movie. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where they're in the front yard. <laughs> it was so cool. Yeah. I never noticed before. There's like dogs surrounding them, barking at them, and all the neighbors are sitting around. And she's squirting them with the hose, like dogs, to try to get them to quit fighting. Then they finally hit each other and knock each other out. She goes, what the fucking fuck? And I was like, she just said that. That's amazing. <laughs> Dude, that's one of those movies that, it gets funnier every time you watch it. Yes, because you... there's so many there's so many little details in there that you can't see watching it one time. You yes. find something new every time you watch it. Yes, 5000%. The part that used to get me, so we were talking about Talladega Nights, the part that used to get me in Talladega Nights every time like I would be crying every time this would happen is where she sends the two kids off to Sunday school and they come running across the back porch. And they're screaming <laughs> anarchy at the top of their lungs. And they squirt the old man with a hose. And he's just going. Lah, 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 lah. <laughs> and she goes, that puts the lid right on the jar. No, Ricky, I will not have my grandbabies acting like shitless wild hobos. And I die every time that comes on. <laughs> oh, man. Dude, Will Ferrell and John C. Riley made some incredible movies. <laughs> yes, 100%. Oh man! I, I wish true. they would have just made movies like that for a decade. Just if they were bad, they were bad. Just whatever. Just kept making movies like that for a decade. You do nothing else but make funny movies, and that's it. If they flop, they just do. But whatever, we'll make another one. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that was crazy. That's some of the best shit ever. Yes. Oh my gosh. 
Oh, I was going to ask you, did you see the Arca race at all? No, this is going to sound bad, but I don't pay that much attention to that series other than like point standings. But, and I guess I'm not the only one because there's a lot of people that are in the same boat, but man, that's just so, it's, it's hard to watch for me. And I'm a huge racing fan as you guys, we have a podcast about racing. So I like cars just a little bit, but it's just hard for me to, you know, get behind and watch for some reason. I don't know. I did see the video of this guy that was having issues getting out of the car though. He like, the car was on fire. It went out really bad and he couldn't get out of the car. That's concerning as hell. He like hit his head on the roll bar twice trying to get out the car and couldn't figure it. He he took his helmet off in the middle of a, you know, smoke field because the car was just on fire and you're inhaling all that stuff, which is terrible for you anyways. Just directly, he had to take his helmet off to get out of the car. I just thought that was nuts. How how can't you get yeah. out of the car? That's the one thing that kind of drives me nuts about Arca is like Arca is a really I like the principle of it. Like it's right. a really really good starting point. Yes, a thousand percent. And but there's too much of a run what you brung factor to it. I like the way you said that. There's too, <clears throat> there's too many cars that just if you look close, they borderline should not be out on the track. And not taking anything away from any of the guys that are there. And some of them, like, that's all they can afford. And that's perfectly fine. Right. But exactly. if you are literally 30 miles an hour off of the pace, that's an issue. Yes, 100%. See, if they're going to... ARCA could be so, Arca could be one of the most popular series in the country. If they would do simple things to improve it, put a cap on the horsepower of the cars that's attainable for the majority of the teams. So in ARCA, there would be a little bit less parity, but it would bring the teams at least closer together. So set it at, like I said earlier, set it at 500 horsepower or something like that. Well, Just, and I'm not sure, but I think ARCA and trucks are both all Ilmore engines now. Yeah, I they believe. are. For the most part, yeah. But they can still, because money, they can still go back and tweak them a little bit mm. and get a couple extra ponies out of there. But, mm. man, there's a bunch of those guys. That could be such a great series. It just, they don't do, nobody knows it exists, number one. Like, if you ask somebody that even watches Dirt Track or Na- even NASCAR, for the most part, if they are a fan of the Cup Series, you'd be like, hey, did you watch ARCA this weekend? What the hell is ARCA? I, I get that from time to time. They don't even know what it and, is. And coming from personal experience, I've ran one ARCA race. And when you're trying to find sponsorship to go racing at the national level like that, mm-hmm. I have found that it is incredibly difficult to get companies or brands to support your efforts in ARCA because they have, one, never even heard of it, right, or two just don't really see the benefit of it because it's not popular, I guess. Well, it's also for lack too, of a better term, you know, well, since we've been, <clears throat> I'm just going to be blunt. We've been dealing with the sponsorship side of it for a little while, trying to figure out, you know, mm-hmm. how to get sponsors on rides and stuff like that. And it's just, that it doesn't make sense whenever you could go race a truck <clears throat> for right. Give or take equal amount of money. 
that's where I think that it needs to be the barrier to entry for ARCA needs to be so low that they have to turn people away every single week. It needs to be something where they could field 40 cars, get people behind the wheel, get them seats, get them experience, get them, you know, time at all these different speedways and stuff so that more guys do have a chance to go to truck, go to Xfinity, go to eventually cup. I don't see somebody making the jump from Arca to cup, but you know what I'm saying? Like it, yeah. it at least gives you a shot. They also, there's nothing going on media wise. that would make me follow it either. Whoever right. is in charge of that department, as far as the Arkham Menard series goes, they have such a cool, like you got, there's 16-year-old kids running in the Arca series. You could have some, a lot of fun with that because they're goofy as hell. Like mm-hmm. just show who the, who the kids are, build, you know, help them build a brand. And I don't ever see Arca make posts. I don't see them do story slides. I don't see them, hell, even announce the winners sometimes. And whoever's doing their social just they, they need to get their shit together and get back on the ball because it's just like you got to go you got to help <laughs> these guys out a little bit yeah and i guess i got a question for you because i don't really know i don't really have an answer for it myself because i don't know what i would do to fix it but i've heard a lot of talk from people talking about the arca race at daytona last weekend mm-hmm. so there was people discussing the inexperience level of some of the drivers at Daytona and yep there was obviously a cause of some wrecks because of that i know i can't remember the guy's name i want to say scott helton i can't remember if that was the guy's name that was know. driving he was he was the one that i think he was the one that couldn't get out of the car he got got turned i think I anyway i can't remember i can't remember who it was but he was he kind of was implying due to the inexperience of some of the drivers of that. I guess, I don't know to have a series to get experience at a super speedway like Daytona. I don't know what the fix would be to get drivers more experience to go to the next level like that. Besides just running the Arca race there. Like, I don't know if they need to, if you need to do like more low horsepower on super speedways and then gradually work up because I mean, Arca, they're still turning pretty good horsepower. Oh yeah. They're still turning pretty good lap time. Like by yourself and I probably running 175, 180 mile an hour around that track. I know, I know the age limits 18 to run Daytona for Arca. Yeah. Which is good, which I, yeah, it needs to be somewhere right there. It, yeah. But I have a very. I don't. Con- I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what the, f- what the solution to that would be for. I have getting a, the younger guys more experience. I guess I have a very. Uh, it would be a controversial <clears throat> fix for it, but Arca doesn't need to be on super speedways. I just don't think they do. There's too many wrecks. There's too little funding for the teams. There's just a lot going on that doesn't add up to run plate racing. I think you pull it off the schedule and you do more of like, you still get mile and a half tracks in there, in their schedule, mm-hmm. obviously, because they need to get, you know, a feel for 180, 185, 190 mile an hour. But I don't think you put those kids in that 
the situation at plate racing or at plate tracks where they're going to be freaked out the entire time more than likely because mm-hmm. you're turning laps around a two and a half mile super speedway with 40 <clears throat> with you know an arca it's probably 32 cars around you all the time and you're running with a bunch of guys that have, have literally never been this fast before they don't know what the draft is like they don't know what to do they don't understand how like depth perception is way off because you don't understand your closing right. rates you don't understand cars behind you how fast they're coming up how to get in front of them and stuff like that i just think you pull it off the schedule and get those guys more localized so a lot of the arca teams much like the cup truck xfinity stuff like that they're all on the east coast right so you mm-hmm. run east coast type races you run some with the cars tour their short tracks you run mm-hmm. some you run a bunch of short track races you run one mile tracks you run some concrete you run asphalt you run different textures so that they get an idea of what each different thing feels like on that tire number one number two you do a limited amount a mile and a half tracks and then whenever you're good enough and you get the bump and go to truck okay cool you understand you've been doing this for a little bit you have a good feel for the horsepower you understand these closing rates because they're pretty similar between arca and truck okay you're going to go to truck series and that's when you go to daytona talladega and the plate tracks because you're with a truck team and it's like it's the next level up. Mm-hmm. I think uh, I think still having the they call it the pre race practice, but essentially just a test at Daytona. I think that's probably still okay. Yeah. So if you think taking super speedways off the schedule for that, what would your thoughts be on going to Atlanta? It's shorter, but a super speedway style. Absolutely, track. go to go to Atlanta. Get a feel for how that shit's going to work because you're not going as fast. It's a mile and a half. Mm-hmm. And with the ARCA cars, there's only going to be a handful that can even draft and stay in the top eight anyways. So <clears throat> it's not going to be anywhere near like the huge restrictor plate tracks. I don't right. know. That's just a lot. Coming from a team that was very underfunded, like we didn't have any extra whatever we're lucky to have another truck half the time or an extra motor rear differential whatever i just think Mm -hmm. that my belief is that you take away a lot of the gamble at the big 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 tracks like that in tearing up tons of equipment and ruining half your season doing it and investing more in just good quality racing and you could probably add a couple races to the schedule for ARCA and it'd be easier to run more throughout the season if you didn't run all over Hill and Creation around the country and just kept it to one side, like East Coast, have the ARCA West series that primarily stays Rocky Mountains, California, Phoenix, Arizona, stuff like that. Keep these guys over here. Don't make them go over there. Much like the trucks, I don't think those guys should ever go out West other than the championship and right. just you attack it that way and build great quality with racing. And then you really focus on the building of the brand of every single driver, every single crew, every single person that's out on that track. You focus on their media channels. You focus on getting them involved with the fans. You focus on building their own fan base. So that when they do move up the truck, more people are apt to sign them that have more money that are from Mm -hmm. larger truck shops you know, tire corporations, whatever, and 
going about it that way. You teach them what how they need to build their brand so they can acquire more sponsorships to move forward at the same time. It's an educational thing. They're just kids. They don't know what the fuck they're doing, more than likely. So you help them yeah, out and, and like, make that a learning experience as much as you can for the next stepping stone, which would be truck. Yeah, and like what it costs to run a super speedway with an ARCA car, mm-hmm. you could you could run a really competitive truck for a yeah. race for what the cost of a super speedway ARCA ride is. You could also run two short tracks for the price of one super speedway in the ARCA series. So, I mean... exactly. <clears throat> It's a lot of money, but that's where they get the biggest car counts, and but that's also where you're probably going to have the most damage too. Well, but I guess I never really thought about the completely taking them off the schedule thing, but I I could get behind that completely. Yeah. Like have the biggest tracks you go to be like a be like a Kansas or a Michigan yeah. or something like that. Yeah, 100%. you don't really need anything bigger than that because <clears throat> it's essentially it'd be like the step up from running super late models. Like, yep, super late models aren't that common all over the place, Mm-mm. whereas ARCA would be a much more national opportunity. Yeah, and I think that would be, I do like that idea. I think the the test at Daytona should still be there. For sure. Because then you can at least, if you've never done it before, you can still at least get the experience and yeah, not, know what that track's all about. And not go hurt yourself doing it. Yeah. Is the thing. But, but I mean, you can just go do single car laps and anything at Daytona. And, yeah, it's good experience. But winning a single car at Daytona when you're actually racing, never. No, you do not. Even if you're in the back, you're still on a path. It doesn't matter. Unless your car is just so aerodynamically screwed that it will not suck up to anything else or do what it's supposed to do, Mm -hmm. you're not going to run by yourself. Or like you lose the draft for some reason on pit road or, you know, you have an issue or something like that. You're not going to be by yourself. Yeah. I don't know. This, the pricing for Arca is just crazy to me. Yeah. To me, that's got to be something much more attainable for, you know, it's got to be something that fields a full list of cars every single week. Like you should never in that, in the minor of the minor leagues, when it comes to NASCAR, you should never have an issue fielding, you know, 36, 40 cars ever. It shouldn't be a thing. Just like, well, a and trip. I think that's, I think that's why the K&N Pro Series was so successful for a while. Yeah. But that just slowly just morphed into ARCA. Pretty much, yeah. It just kind of <laughs> made it all one joint thing, but... It, I don't know. And, you know, I could be completely wrong. Just with everything I just said. I don't know. But that would, in my own vision and opinion, that's the way that I would build out that series as a giant learning experience for everybody. Make it more, mm-hmm. much more competitive. More people can get involved. It's easier to attain sponsorships, and the racing quality would be better because you'd have more competitive cars on the track. So you would attract more TV time, which inevitably leads to more sponsorship for the entire series. So it's like a 
catch 22 the whole way around. Everything works with each other to make everything else work. And then as these guys are yeah. building their own brands and they have people within the Arca series that are smart enough to help them build their own social media channels, because that's how you're going to get sponsorship moving forward. They help them with their TV, TV aspects. They just help train them to become a professional race car driver in every facet that involves that, not just behind the wheel, mm -hmm. but building a brand as well. Yeah. And I hope the Fox sports one deal that they signed this year, I hope that helps with it. I think it will a little bit. It'll at least entice more people to try to go do it. Yeah. But I don't know for some, sometimes it just seems like everything with Arca is just a little too outdated. Yeah. To, this like, is this is going to sound horrible to me. It's to me. It just honestly seems like Arca is just kind of there. Like nobody really does that much with it. It's just kind of, it exists. If that makes sense. It's just kind of there. Yeah. I don't know. I, I would love to run more of it because it, it is really good experience. Oh, hell yeah. Absolutely. Well, and you could also, but, <clears throat> it's another thing that you could piggyback races off of and make a really cool racing experience weekend for fans. You could have Arca oh, yeah. on Thursday, Friday nights, whatever. And then that leads up to the cup series in the same weekend. Cause they could easily go to Richmond with those guys or go to Martinsville or Bristol or if they need to go to Atlanta, go to Texas, go to any of those kind of tracks mm -hmm. and just coexist with them. And they are piggybacking with a few NASCAR weekends this year. Yeah. Not, which... not a lot of them, but more than, more than normal, I think. And with it being on Fox sports one, I think that'll help. Hell yeah. But I mean, minus Daytona and Talladega, I mean, they'd never get 40 cars. No. There's, there's, there's no way it, it's just because it's so expensive to go do. And there's a lot of people that are just going to say, well, I could do this or they'll find <laughs> since it's so hard to get sponsorship for this. If I, you know, go race this series, it'll be much easier to get sponsorship and, you know, I'll get noticed by the trucks or Xfinity or something in the car series more likely than what I would Arca. So they go that route. And so that's another mm -hmm. guy that doesn't, pull into the arca series because he's just not interested yeah but like i said from firsthand experience trying to get sponsorship to run more arca stuff it is incredibly difficult oh yeah the amount of conversations we've had with different companies and trying to explain what arca is it's really hard because it's not as prevalent as it was like back in the nineties. Like everybody knew what Arca was then. Yeah. Cause it was, it was something special. It's kind of like truck. There's a lot of people that don't know what truck is now that, you know, nineties, early two thousands truck series was pretty big. Like they had oh, yeah. 40 something trucks show up to every race. People went home. There was, there was a lot of <laughs> trucks that would show up. Getting that craftsman name back on the series though, that that's huge. It just feels right saying that again. Camping World just... It does. It sounded goofy as hell. And it was too many damn words. It's what I don't like about it. it like the local speedway here. It's worldwide technology right No, it's freaking Gateway. Like, just call it what it is. It's Gateway. <laughs> mm-hmm. But... 
yeah, we'll see. Uh, we'll see what happens with it. I I hope Arca takes off again. I do too. But... It's so cool to see. You know, those kids that are just you know sixteen, seventeen, sometimes fifteen. You know, they're not old at all. Getting out of those cars, especially like watching Tanner Gray win a couple races because he's not very old. That was just cool. Seeing them light up after they go to victory lane and stuff. It's just neat. Yeah, and I mean, bringing the competition a little closer in that series, I would, I honestly would rather see him do a next gen style car in the Arca series than in the Cup series, <laughs> right? Because I mean, I mean, Arca right now, you got like, it's like the top six, seven cars that are racing for the win, and everyone else is like ends up collapsed down. I don't even think it's. This is. Just, it might not even be that many. I think it's the top three, <laughs> just being. Blunt the top three. Like if you're in the top three, you got a shot. If you're not, you're probably five seconds behind the lead pack. Yeah, and even then, like the year that I was really paying attention to it, when Corey Heim and uh, Joe Gibbs were going back and forth every single race when they won the entire schedule, just call it pretty much. Besides maybe mm-hmm. one race, they were the only two that could compete with each other. The third guy was just kind of hanging out to watch them wreck, and then he might have a shot after that it seems like it really started to to decline within like the last five six years or so yeah i would i would agree with that well there's a lot of guys that like frank kimmel retired there's a lot of guys that just were had been racing it for a long time that were pretty big mm-hmm. names in the arca series that just left Mm-hmm. And now there's yeah, super. There's a super team. There's two super teams even in the Arca series. You got Joe Gibbs, who fields a car that basically wins every single weekend, and then whoever the hell owns that twenty car. I don't know who it is. I don't remember the name of it. Ven- Venturini. Oh, is that it? Yep. Okay. So Venturini and Gibbs. That's it. Everybody else, like G- Petty GMS, is up there, but they're not. They don't even have an Arca car this year. Really? They got rid of it. Oh, I didn't know that. Because Daniel Dye moved to trucks, and since it's that's who Legacy Motor Club now, they just got rid of the ARCA program. Yeah, that's a goofy-ass name. They, <laughs> I get it, but eh. Well, it's kind of like David Gilliland rebranding his to, what is it, Tricon Garage? Something like that, yeah. That was a deal with Toyota, though. They got all the Toyota funding that they were giving Kyle Busch Motorsports, and so they Mm -hmm. rebranded as that. I'm excited to see all the parity in the truck series, too, this year, because you don't really have, without KBM, it's like open season, man. I mean, okay, I misspoke. KBM is still there. They're just a Chevy truck, so it gives more Mm -hmm. of an even playing field between the three manufacturers, I feel like, because you got the Ford crew, which is pretty strong, and now you got Thor Sport over with the Fords. And because of Haley Deegan, you got the always fast Joe Gibbs trucks. They're just always fast. doesn't matter. And then now you got KBM with those two new guys that I feel like are going to be fast this year. So that, that should be an exciting series to watch as the year goes on. You don't really get a feel for it at Daytona because it's kind of, you know, whatever, because it's just usually a mm-hmm. wreck fest. But I think that, now that we're going to some speedways, now that we're going to start seeing the actual races happen, that's going to be a fun series to watch this year. That, and I'm looking forward to Xfinity quite a bit because those are my two 
favorite series. Like I'll watch the final little bit of the cup race, but for whatever reason, it just, I don't know. I think it's because of the car and the way that I, you know, feel about it. I don't watch it as closely right. as what I probably should, but truck and Xfinity. Yeah. That's some good shit. I just love the trucks. The trucks have been my thing forever. Facts. Ever since I was a little kid, man, I just have always loved the truck series. That's because those guys are racing their balls off every single lap, and it is so cool to watch. Yeah. They they try so hard, <clears> and you can see them sawing at the wheel, every one of them, inside the truck. It's just so... The truck series is college football of NASCAR. Yes. That's perfectly said. We need to make a post about that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what Xfinity would be. Xfinity would be like, I guess, the XFL now or USFL, whatever. Whatever they call it. I, I don't know. The XFL just started and everybody's watching it. I'm like, we just stopped. They got different rules. It's weird. That's goofy as hell. Well, we just stopped. But I'm a very big proponent of allocating my time to certain things. So, like, anything that I feel like is going to be for learning, building value, or doing stuff on down the road, kind of like the podcast. We have a big vision for the podcast. We're working towards something. If I go sit down and watch XFL, I'm just wasting three hours of my time. I feel like, I don't know. This is the way I think about stuff. Mm -hmm. But watching bits and the clips and all sorts of stuff of Xfinity Truck and the Cup Series, that's investing my time into something that, you know, gives us topics to bring up every single week. It's something that I love. And at the same mm -hmm. time, I'm not watching, you know, I'm not sitting on my ass the entire weekend just watching racing. Like, still doing stuff, you know, but right. I don't know. My well, I, and it was weird when I turned 30, my philosophy on all that stuff changed because I used to just sit and watch the practice, the qualifying, the racing, the the whole freaking thing. Just like with football, I used to watch the entire pregame, I used to watch the entire games or go to them a lot. And I, I just, when I turned 30, I just hit the realization like, why am I investing all this time? into this like why what am i getting back out of it so it's just i don't know i just started looking at stuff differently yeah it's weird but, yeah the the trucks are definitely like the college football of nascar because they have a shorter schedule and them yes. guys are so aggressive it's awesome they it is the best series to watch in my opinion can't just that it's a it, xfinity is a real close second but the trucks are something different if I was going to take anybody to a race, it would be, I would, I already know immediately. I go to IRP when the trucks go to IRP. That's, that's the race that you got to go to. If you're going to introduce somebody to the sport, Indianapolis is a race town. As we know, we've been there a couple of times now once mm -hmm. together and we got lost a bunch, but that was fun. <laughs> <laughs> you got any, the big track is not that far away. And then IRP mm -hmm. is just freaking cool, man. Like, UCC is usually down there, which I'll get to go to this year, the ultimate call-out challenge for diesel trucks. Like, it's just, that place is always hopping. I love that. Yeah, got to go back to the, what was it, the checkered flag tavern? Hell yeah. I am 100% introducing everybody to that place when we go back down. Because. Yes. Yeah, cause it was just, it was just right there. It was so close. And, you know, everybody wants to eat at these $40, $50, $60 a plate restaurants that are you know in downtown indianapolis i'm like no we're gonna go get some old-fashioned burgers down there at checkered flag tavern and have a good time because that was fun yeah man i would 
I would prefer something like that over a high-end steakhouse any day. Facts. I, I don't know. I'm just not a... I think the correct term for it is bougie? I'm just not a <laughs> bougie person. That right there just... That just solidified that we are not... <laughs> we're not at that level. <laughs> Facts. The fact that we have to question if bougie is the right word or not. <laughs> Well, I always thought it was the opposite for the longest time, so I had it backwards. I didn't know, but that's all right. I don't know either. <laughs> I don't know. Whenever this is completely off topic, just talking about something else. Whenever <clears throat> we move into our house, one of the first things that I'm doing is building uh, one of those ice baths. I'm building one. I'm not buying one because they're freaking expensive. It was like they are so expensive. It's like twelve hundred dollars for a tub, and it wasn't even that yeah, big. It's I was like nuts. No, that. I can do much better than this. So, and this is the thing. I thought of this immediately. I was like, all right, so how can we make this better? But still, but be comfortable, you know, laying down in something or whatever. And I was like, you know, it would work really well because they're already insulated for that is those big frigid air freezers like that you would put half a cow in or whatever, those big long ones. Yeah. And they're already insulated for it. All you got to do is caulk the inside of it. I, th- I've spent way too much time thinking about this because I want to do, <laughs> I have a lot of uh, back issues and stuff. And I want to try the cold therapy. So this is my way of doing it for much cheaper. Find something on Facebook marketplace for like 200 bucks, put it out on my back patio at my new house in, you know, a nice subdivision, whatever. I don't care. I'll, I'll put like a, a wood thing around it to make it not look like a giant ice freezer, but you do that. And this is, there's YouTube videos about this too. You do that, you caulk the inside of it and fill it with water, let it sit at 33 degrees, shut the lid and you have yourself an ice bath all the time. You don't have to put ice in, you don't have to go buy shit for it. You just plug it in. When you're going to get in, you unplug it because electricity is a thing that likes water. And I don't want to get shocked to death. That doesn't sound fun. I've considered just going to like tractor supply and getting like one of those big troughs. steel water troughs. Yeah. Well, when I started adding up how much it would be for all the different ice bags or just to fill it with ice every time I wanted to use it, right. I'm like, I'm going to use right. this every day. Because for the correct uh, cold therapy, you're supposed to be in it for two to three minutes a day. So that'd be a shit ton of ice. So I was like, I'm not spending, you know, thousand dollars on ice throughout the year because it's just silly. So Ice freezer it is. <laughs> Way too excited about this. My my wife loves this idea, by the way. When I told her about it, I, there was a lot of eye rolling and judgment going on. <laughs> I've, uh, I haven't done like an actual ice bath or a cold plunge or anything like that since high school. Oh, dude. It. Okay, I'm not, I'm not going to lie. It sucks. It is not fun, like, by any means necessary. Oh, it's brutal. Yes, it's intense. Very intense. Even just doing, so, I'm doing, uh, it's called 75 Hard. If you don't know what it is, look it up. It's a mental toughness program. It's not a challenge. It is a program. It's something you're supposed to do every single year if you're actually committed to it. So, part of the Live Hard program is phase one. And in that adds a couple additional tasks. One of them is a five minute cold shower. And dude. Oh, it's terrible. It's not fun. We at our old house, we were out on a well 
and I decided to do it. Oh yeah, that gets cold. I did it in January, and part of the thing is you got to turn that water all the way to cold. So I was like, oh, if you mm, so, well water is a whole new level of cold, man. Oh, that was just ridiculous. I was numb usually by the time I get out. <laughs> I'm sure. Like that joking, I, my every thing that the water touched was just numb and I couldn't feel anything for a while. But uh-huh. you know, it it's definitely a mental toughness challenge cuz you got to be willing to just endure for 5 minutes and it is the longest 5 minutes forever in your life. Uh I'm doing phase one mm-hmm. after 75 hard again this year because I want to complete the program. So I want that ice bath instead of doing the cold showers. Because it's the same thing. I would too. Yeah, it's just colder because you're supposed to turn it down. I don't know. I feel like I would prefer the ice bath over the cold shower, honestly. Dude. The cold showers, whenever you move even slightly to a point where the water has been touching, but now it's not touching and it's touching another, like your chest mm-hmm. or your thighs or whatever. Oh my God. It sends a shiver up your spine like you wouldn't believe. And you just sit there like gasping for air. <laughs> I'd much rather just completely submerge. Yep. Same. That is the go-to from now on. I've thought about making one. I just... I don't know. Don't feel like spending the money on Dude, one. Dude, you live in Iowa. Even just to make one. go outside and put water in a trough and break the ice every morning or something. Like, yeah, no it's kidding. cold as shit up there. <laughs> yeah, we're supposed to get like an ice storm tonight. I saw and that. And then rain and sleet all day tomorrow. So that's, that's thrilling. Ex- that's we exciting. got like seven inches of snow last like Thursday. It's all gone. And it, everything turned to slop. Because it was like 50 degrees the last two days. Yep. And now it's going to freeze. <laughs> and it was been, it was like 34 today. And now we're going to get ice. Welcome so. to the Midwest. <laughs> oh, it's wonderful. It's like, <laughs> whose line is it anyway? The temperatures are made up and the pre- precipitation doesn't matter. Like it just, nothing makes sense here. It could be 80, you know, in the morning and then it's 40 by the evening and it snows six inches that night. You never know what's going to happen here. Yep. It, that's, that's how it is. Yeah. <laughs> that was, we went way off track. I apologize. That that wasn't supposed to last that long. We went like, we veered left and just stayed that way for a while. <laughs> it was long enough that I don't even remember how we got to that point. I don't know. It's just randomness, but it's okay. So. That and. My mic stand just broke, so. Oh, that's exciting. <laughs> I guess that's that's a good time probably to end it. <laughs> so, yeah, well, we pretty much talked about everything I wanted to, I feel like, so. I kind of like the the free flow of the conversation. Instead of being completely structured, I think it goes. Yeah. I don't know. feels more natural. Yeah, it's also a lot, because ADD, a little bit, a lot, every episode. But we're really good at coming back to where we were originally at. <laughs> See that? We just, <laughs> just kind of take the scenic route for a little bit. 
well, you know, it's kind of like a, it's kind of like a Midwest goodbye. It's only supposed to last two minutes, but it winds up being thirty. So you never know, dude. That is that is some true stuff right there. That's a. I don't even understand how it happens, but it always does. Every time I'm leaving, like a family event or something, uh-huh. doesn't matter what side of family it's on. Either it could be my mom's side, it could be Lauren's parents. If we're leaving or attempting to leave. It's always like, oh, hey, did you hear about this? And then it turns into like a 30-minute thing. You're like, I had to go 45 minutes ago. Or the whole, hey, I'm just going to run over there for quick, probably be like 10, 15 minutes, well, three and a half hours later. That's a bunch <laughs> of bullshit. That's what you tell yourself to make yourself feel better, but you know it's not going to oh, yeah. happen. <laughs> that's You know damn well it is not going to be 15 minutes. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's like when you're out with your buddies and you're all there drinking and you're like, I'm just going to have one more beer. That never happens. It's never just one more beer. It's usually enough that you're not supposed to drive home. And somehow you wind up making it home. Your wife's still pissed off at you. And because you were supposed to be home three hours ago, and she's like, where have you been? I don't know. Time just disappeared. I don't know what happened. My phone died. Truck had a flat tire. Screen door broke. I don't know. (laughs) Well. And we just successfully did what we were just explaining. <laughs> we just killed like a minute and a half. <laughs> That's hilarious. Well, I think I'm going to end it on this. Um, if you're not, if you haven't gone and watched any of the Daytona races, they all were really good. And I would suggest going back and watching at least the Xfinity and the truck race, because those were really, that was a lot of great racing and everybody here would enjoy it quite a bit. <clears throat> So, oh, for sure. Um, this is where we're going to end it. Uh, till next week, we appreciate you guys listening. Um, if you don't mind, if you got any value out of this, out of like you know making an ice freezer or you know how we could recreate the Arca series, if you got any value out of this whatsoever, uh, please share the show. It's how we grow. We don't have a lot to invest into like paid advertising or anything like that. So, if you wouldn't mind, share the show, story slides, whatever. That's how you guys, that's how we pay the fee here. So Tanner, what's your Instagram handle? Instagram is at underscore Tanner Allen underscore. And you can also follow me on Facebook at Tanner Allen Racing. And on that note, go watch Step Brothers. <laughs> <laughs> so after you watch Step Brothers, give us a follow on at First Gear Podcast. We're on, t- we're on TikTok, Instagram, everywhere you get social media. We'll catch you guys next week. I'm going to close this out because we'll be here for another hour if we keep going. So we'll see you guys next week. See ya. (laughs) Bye.